Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. John's asked me to come a few times, and I've declined every time because I really don't like your pastor. No. <laughs> Totally kidding. I love John, and I had the privilege to get to know him probably about four years ago. He reached out to me and said, hey, can I meet with you? And I was like, sure. And um, it's just, it's one of the things that's such a blessing when you start mentoring with people is, is when they become your friend. And it moves from a mentoring relationship to a friendship. And uh, you have, I know you know this, but sometimes we take it for granted, but you have a very special pastor. Um, I, I, I've been uh, pastoring here in Hawaii for 20 years, and I've had the privilege to meet many pastors. And there's a lot of great pastors out there, obviously, but then there's some that there's just something extra special that God's graced them with. And John is very humble. Uh, a lot of pastors, after they've pastored for a while, they kind of like, ah, you know what I'm doing, I get them, you know, and it's kind of like, it's all good. But John is just like this hungering disciple. He's a student. A disciple's a student, right? And he's just always longing to know more. And, and he not only listens, he actually does, you know, <laughs> what we talk about. And it's like, oh, thank you. And, um, and so I don't know about you, but sometimes in family, we take our families for granted. Isn't that right? It's just human nature sometimes. And I think the same is true in the church. I think sometimes we take for granted uh, just what we have here. And let me tell you, as an outsider, this is my second time here, I drive up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys have signage galore. <laughs> and let me tell you, I've gone to churches where I'm like, oh, I can't even find the church, you know? Like, there's no signs, nothing. It's like, and yeah, like tons of signs. I walk in, everybody's super warm and friendly. And then you guys have like air conditioning. Thank you, Jesus, you know? <laughs> Amazing worship. Where's Renee? Oh my gosh, Renee, your worship team? Wow. I mean, God's hands all over this church, and so uh, I want to just encourage you to continue to show your appreciation to your leaders, and I know you already do that, but do it even more, because let me tell you this, before God called me into pastoring, and just, just hear this out, you're going to think I'm boasting, I'm not, it's for context, but God had me here as a regional manager for an international company here in Hawaii, so I had 250 employees, a $19 million year budget, it was a stressful job. It was a very stressful job. Then God calls me into pastoring, and I'm not exaggerating. Pastoring a church is 10 times harder than leading an organization with 250 full-time employees. 10 times harder. You say, why? There's massive spiritual warfare. Um, you have to lead an organization, and then you got to come up, and then you got to give a message, and, and, and everybody wants you like, oh, better be good today, pastor. You know, <laughs> keep my attention, this and that, and it's like... Doing that week in, week out, running an organization, warfare, this and that. You have this massive family you're now leading. It's like, it's just pressure. So here, here's why I tell you that, is I want to encourage you guys to be very intentional on blessing your leaders and pastors here. Like, when you, if there's anything, a message, like, come up and from your heart, just go, thank you so much. If there's anything you can do to bless them, anything you can do to support them, and by all means, pray for them, because I'm telling you, your prayers make a huge difference. But would you just join me in thanking Pastor John and Renee for their faithfulness here? They are awesome. All right, all right. Okay. 
I got to get rolling here. So, um, so I'm going to just jump right into the message. So let me ask you this. How many of you have ever said something that came out of your mouth and you wish you could have grabbed those words and pulled them out of the ears of the person you said them to, right? Yeah, me too. Uh, years ago, after a service, I was in the lobby, and uh, this lady walked up to me who was obviously pregnant, and I, I said to her, oh, congratulations, how many months pregnant are you? And she goes, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> and it's like my world went into slow motion. I was like, no! And I was trying to grab those words out of her ear. I mean, what do you say to somebody after that? You're like, I was just kidding, you know? <laughs> It was the most awkward moment. And so how many of you would be honest enough by a show of hands and no shame, okay, I went first. How many of you say I've actually asked a non-pregnant woman how far along she is? Okay, look, keep your hands up, keep your hands up, okay. We're gonna have a prayer and healing service for us after church today, okay? Now, this, <laughs> the embarrassing thing is I haven't done that once. I've done it twice. Ah, so ladies, listen. I will never, ever, ever say anything to a non-pregnant lady or pregnant lady. I mean, ladies, you could walk up to me like, you're, you're pregnant with triplets. You know, you're like 9, 10, 15, 20 months pregnant. You know, we're seeing the limbs moving around in your stomach. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> if I say anything, I'm going to go, wow, you look so skinny like a toothpick. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. But isn't it true we've all had those, I wish I wouldn't have said that moment. I wish I wouldn't have snapped at my spouse. I wish I wouldn't have lost my cool with my kids. So let me do a quick survey here, okay? You guys are obviously very honest and open here. Confession is good for the soul, okay? So you may not want to lift your hand up, but no shame, okay? I've done all these things that I'm going to ask you about. How many of you in the last 60 days have said something to somebody that was sarcastic and it either hurt them or angered them? Said something sarcastic, lift your hands up. Okay, you're making me feel so much better. All right, good. Okay, how many of you, this one's a little bit tougher to be honest about, how many of you would say, I've actually gossiped about somebody. That means you talked about them when they weren't around. Like somebody, co-worker, whatever. You gossip, just lift your hands up. Oh, bro, you choke centers in here right now. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, all right, here's one. How many of you were shared some confidential information and, and the person said, please don't say anything to anybody, but you happened to share it to at least one other person or more. Lift your hands up. Okay. And the reality is, is all of us have allowed words to come out of our mouth that were sinful. And you would think, me, I've been following Christ for almost three decades now. You would think, and I'm a pastor, right? So I should be even better. You would think that I would never do that. Yet I still sometimes do. And you go, wait, wait, why? Like, why is it so hard to manage these words that come out of our mouths? And Jesus' half-brother, James, is going to show us in James chapter 3 why we tend to say things we wish we wouldn't have said. And then he's going to help us understand how we can manage our mouths better, okay? So I'm going to show you the verses up on the screen. If you, wanna, if you have your Bibles or your phone, you want to look at them, you can follow along with me. We're going to go through James chapter 3. We're going to go through most of the verses, verses uh, 3 through 12. And so the first thing James is going to do is he's going to 
Tell us about how our words steer, listen, steer the direction of your life and other people's lives. Take a look at this word picture. So James says, or take ships as an example. Although ships are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered, everybody say steered? Steered. Steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, I'm going to show you a modern ship. It's not the ship that he was referring to because they didn't have engines back then. But take a look at the ship here. So look at, you have this huge ship, and then on the back you have that very small rudder. That tiny rudder in the back steers this huge ship. And so here's what James is saying. He's saying, hey, your tongue, it's like a rudder for your life. It's small, but man, is it powerful. And so he's talking about the power of our words. And he's also saying, hey, your words will steer the direction of your life this year. And your words will not only steer the direction of your life, but they'll also steer the direction of other people's lives that you are around. That's the power of this small rudder. It reminds me of the true story of this woman named Cheryl Pruitt. And uh, Cheryl Pruitt had a very difficult life growing up. She grew up in Mississippi, and sadly, she was sexually abused growing up. To add insult to injury, she was in a crippling car accident where she was thrown through the windshield of her car, and she was massive cuts and bruises, and she was in a wheelchair for a long, long time recovering. And when she was young, she, her dad had this country store, so they had this farm, and on the corner of this huge, not huge, but a fairly large lot compared to Hawaii here, they had this country store. And so every time the milkman would come in to restock the shelves, every time he saw a little Cheryl, he would say, how's my little Miss America? You're so beautiful. You're so talented. And she would just beam with those words of encouragement that were entering her heart. And every time he came to that country store to restock the shelves, he would say, how's my little Miss America? So week after week, month after month, every time he saw Cheryl, he'd say, how's my little Miss America? Well, those words that he planted in her heart started to sprout. And Cheryl, in junior high, decided to enter a beauty pageant. And then as she continued to grow in her relationship with God, she said in high school, she felt like God wanted her to try to become Miss America. And so in high school, she made it a goal that she was going to try to get into the Miss America pageant. And get this, take a look up on the screen. In 1980, Cheryl won the Miss America pageant. And when she was giving her acceptance speech, she gave the credit to two people. The first was God, because he had given her the prompting to enter the pageant. And then she, she, she then gave credit by mentioning the name of the milkman. And here's what she said, because this is what James is talking about. She said this. She said, his words shaped my life. His words steered the direction of me ending up here. And James is saying, that is the power of this rudder. It can steer the direction of your life this year, where you go. Where you end up at the end of 2020 will be largely determined by the words that you use and speak, as well as with your kids. Uh, and, And Cheryl today, take a look at this next picture. Cheryl today is a minister 
of the gospel. She travels around. She's a musician. She's a singer. And listen, God gave her this platform as Miss America because he knew his plans for her were to be as a musician and also to share the gospel. That is the power of words. And so I want to encourage us to to just be mindful of the words we also speak to those around us at work, in church, at home. I have three daughters, and when my, I have two that are in college and one that's in high school. And, and when, my, when my daughters were little, when I knew, like, man, my words have power. So my daughters would come up, I'd pat them on the head, and I'd say, how's my little Miss Millionaire growing up to take care of daddy? <laughs> you're going to be so generous to me when you're older. I didn't say that, but I should have. (laughs) But since our mouths steer the direction of our lives, my wife and I try to be intentional in the words we speak to our kids. And I would encourage you, whether you're a parent or not, just speak words of life to people. You know, I'll say things like, I'll say this often to my daughters. I'll just say, you have no idea how beautiful you are. You're beautiful inside and out. I'll say, you know what? You're so talented. Like God has, God has good plans for you. You're going to be a powerhouse for God. I just, I just try to, and, and listen, I don't always get it right, okay? Sometimes I've spoken some hurtful words to my kids. I've wounded them like I think most of us, us parents have done if we're just honest. But I try to speak words of life. And I want to encourage you to do that. Now, if you have adult kids, listen, <laughs> your adult kids need your encouragement too. I mean, we're never too old to, to need encouragement. Scripture talks about how we're to encourage one another as long as it's called today. And so we're supposed to do this frequently. And so, uh, in fact, I want you to just do this. Just kind of look around you at the people. Like, look to your right and then look to your left. Just, I'll tell you why here in a minute. Just look at them. Okay, now look up here. That, those people you just looked at, guess what? They need encouragement. Now, they're not going to come up to you after service. <laughs> Hi, will you encourage me? You know, <laughs> They're not going to do that. But just because they don't say it doesn't mean they don't need it. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Today, today, I want to encourage you to intentionally encourage somebody in your life. Maybe it's somebody you work with. Maybe it's somebody here after service. Like, you know, the food people here be like, oh, bro, thank you for all this food. Thank you. Like, like, thank you. This coffee, this, look, you guys have iced tea here. We don't get iced tea at New Hope Winward, you guys. <laughs> your sound people, your tech people, your musicians, your kids' own people, like, just thank them. Encourage them as long as it's called today. Amen, everyone? All right, let's go to the next verse. So James now tells us another word picture about how important it is to manage our words. Take a look at this next verse here up on the screen. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider, say this with me, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So let me show you the word picture he's painting here. Take a look at this next slide. He's got this, uh, go ahead and hit enter. He's, got, he's saying this little spark here, little flame, can do this damage. Next slide. Can do that. He's saying, Dave, just a few of your words can destroy a relationship. That's how powerful your tongue is. That's how powerful 
my words are. It only takes a few negative words to burn down a relationship. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I've said the most hurtful words to the people that I love the most. I'd never say to other people, but I say them to the people I love the most. Have you ever done that? And so James is saying, hey, listen, you and I, we got to manage this mouth of ours because not only does it steer the direction of your life and others, but it also can affect relationships positively and negatively. And so here's the first thing. If you want to manage your mouth, here's the very first thing you and I need to do, especially when we're getting upset and irritated. You can write this down. First thing we need to do is we need to pause. Everybody say pause. Pause. Very good. In other words, we need to think before we speak. We need to pause. Next time you're getting upset this week or when you're driving out of the parking lot and somebody cuts you off, you need to reflect before reacting. Just pause. James says this. He says, be quick to listen. Pause. Slow to speak. Pause. Then you'll be slow to become angry. So pausing is so important, and yet it's also sometimes so difficult because we're upset, and we want to say what we want to say because we're upset. So we need to pause. Now, if you're ever saying, man, Dave, how do I better manage my anger? Please listen to this. Anger management is largely a matter of mouth management. The more you and I can manage our words, the better we can manage our anger And so James says, we need to just be mindful of the power of our words. We need to pause. All right, let's look at verse 7 through 8. Take a look at this up on the screen. Now uh, James is going to show us how hard it is to manage these tongues of ours. I love this word picture. He says, hey, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. Watch this, though. Say these last words with me out loud. Take a look at this up on the screen. He says, but no man can tame the tongue. Okay, so here's what he's saying. Let's bring it into Hawaii. He says, hey, you go to Sea Life Park? You see the sea lions? They can be tamed. You see the dolphins? They've been tamed by men and women. But nobody can tame the tongue. And you're going, oh my gosh. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, on your own willpower, You cannot manage your mouth. Dave, on your own sheer willpower, you cannot manage your mouth. And here's the challenge is your tongue and my tongue, no no matter how long you've been a Christ follower, it'll be untamable throughout your life on your own power. And this is why we need the very next step for us to manage our mouths. And here it is if you're taking notes. Go ahead and hit the next slide on the screen. We need to pray. Everybody say pray. Pray. Okay, so you want to manage your mouth, you got to pause, think before you speak, put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in motion, and then you and I need to pray. And sometimes we just like, if, if we're with a family member, you know, and you're starting to get upset, you, you know, you don't have to be like, hold on, hold on, I got to pray. <laughs> you just pray right now. Nehemiah, you'll see, he threw up this microwave, like, two-second prayer. So sometimes when I'm getting upset at work or I'm getting upset at home, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, help! Help! Oh, what I want to say right now is not good! Help! 
and you just call on the power of the Holy Spirit to help you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is self-control. Because listen, watch this, watch this. You got, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit is like this kind of like, it's this like ethereal term, but it's Jesus in spirit form living in you. Right now, in John, is Jesus. <laughs> like, Jesus is in John in spirit form right now. Like, whoa! And that's why John has the power to come up here and preach. And at times you feel like those words are directly from the mouth of God. And here's why. Because they are often from the mouth of God, from the spirit living in him, speaking to you. Does that make sense? So this is why you call on that spirit in you and saying, help me do something that I can't do on my own. It's untamable, so help me tame this tongue of mine. You pray. And then James shows us in this next verse. Okay, James is hammering why it's so important for us to manage our mouths. Look at this next verse and what he says about our tongue. He says, hey, your tongue, it is, say it with me, it is a restless. Turn to the person next to you and say, your tongue is evil. (laughs) Okay. Now, I'm just doing that to get you to laugh. I'll explain this. Watch this. He says this. Your tongue is full of deadly poison. Wow. Okay, what he's saying is that sometimes our tongues are evil. In fact, in another verse in the same chapter, he says it's set on fire by hell itself. Dang. Now, in this passage here, restless, he's referring to, watch this. He's saying your tongue is like an animal that's liable to strike at any moment. Now, when you think of that, what, what comes to mind? I think of a snake. So snakes just there. But it's ready to attack at any moment. He says, hey, inside your mouth is this, it's like a snake and it's full of deadly poison. Like just a few words. You can just into somebody and just inject these toxic words into their heart. And they're like, ah. And so... Our, our words, he's saying, we got to be so careful. And not only are our words sometimes toxic, but they're also contagious. Have you noticed how contagious uh, moods can be? Like somebody, like everybody at work is all good, and then somebody comes in and they're upset, and then by the end of the day, everybody's upset. Isn't that the worst? It can happen at home, too. So I'm going to illustrate the principle of this passage. I'm just going to give you an example of how contagious our words can be. Okay, so let's say dad comes home from work. Mom and the the three kids have had a good day. They're excited to see dad. And dad's had a bad day. So dad comes home from work. Remember, inside your mouth is like this snake, okay? So dad comes home from work, bad day. He's like this. And the wife says, hi, honey, how was your day? He's all, bad. <laughs> and then he's hungry, it's been a long day, tired. He goes, hey, honey, did you go to Food Lab with my poke? <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey, I didn't have time, you know, I was so busy with the kids, and, you know, we were helping them with homework, and we had to run errands, and then, and then you know, they had lessons, and this and that, so I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to the grocery store. 
You go to grocery store. Wow. Thanks for being so selfish. And then what does he do? He bites her with those toxic words. Yeah. And injects those, the toxic venom in her by his anger. She's like, ah. And what does he do? He slithers away to his man cave. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and he goes into his man cave. Now, watch this. Remember, our words are contagious. So now, mom's filled with toxins, right? And she's like, hey, kids, did you get your homework done? You guys stop horsing around in here. And the kid's like, oh, sorry, mom. Okay, yeah, all right, we'll do our homework. <laughs> and then mom leaves. And next thing she knows, she hears the kids. They're not being quiet. They're not focusing on their homework. So she's getting irritated. Remember, she's full of toxins. So she's like, hey, I told you guys, be quiet. Get your homework done. We're going to have dinner soon. Okay, mom, okay. And she leaves. And then five minutes later, she hears the kids again making noise. Now she's mad. She's like, hey! told you to shut up. Shut up and do your homework. Now the three kids. Xiao, xiao, xiao. Ah, 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 mommy. I'm melting. God, served you right. You know, listen. Then what does she do? She slithers away to the kitchen. And the things I do to illustrate God's work, gosh. Now what happens? So now the three kids are full of toxins, right? They're like, oh. And then all of a sudden, who, who runs into the room? The chihuahua. <laughs> and he wants to play, but they're full of toxins. So what do they do? They drop kit and pump the pop. <laughs> just hang in there, animal lovers. It's just an illustration, okay? So now the chihuahua's full of toxins. He's like, and then all of a sudden comes a black cat. <laughs> and what does he do with the black cat? He runs away because we all know black cats are demonic. <laughs> you guys didn't laugh very hard at that last one. I thought it was hilarious. Okay. okay. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, this is the weirdest pastor I've ever met in my life. <laughs> the reason I, I tell you that is because, first of all, you'll never forget that story. <laughs> you'll never forget it. And I hope you don't, because it illustrates how contagious a few words can be. And the reality is, all of us here have at times allowed this restless evil in us to go and, not intentionally, but we've bitten people with our words. Sorry, this is falling off here. And so what can happen is unintentionally, we have spoken toxic words. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I've said some of the most hurtful words to the people I love the most. I just encourage you, if you've done that recently or even in the past, is I'd encourage you to be humble enough and just go to that person at work, at home, and just say, you know what? I know I've said some things to you in anger that were toxic and may have hurt you, and I just want to ask that you'd forgive me. I know others of us here, we've been the recipient of those toxic words. And maybe as you're sitting here in the service, you're like, gosh, Dave, my heart has just been so hurt by the poisonous words of my dad or my mom or of my 
loved one, my kids, or my boss. And if that's you, I would encourage you to go to the, the best healer on this planet, that's Jesus Christ, and just say, Jesus, would you just inject your anti-venom into my heart and help remove the toxic words from my heart? And let me say this, please catch this. It takes more than a prayer to get that toxicity out of your heart from hurtful words. It takes forgiveness. Where you actually just say, Jesus, I choose to forgive my boss. I'm not saying what they did was right, but I'm choosing to let them go and forgive them as you have forgiven me thousands and thousands of times. That's why we're to pray daily, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Like we got to pray this regularly. And so I want to encourage you to do that because words are powerful. You know, um, one of the things that has helped me, and I'm on, I'll just pass this along, is uh, when I come home, almost every evening when I come home and I, I pull into our carport, I typically will just sit in my car for about 30 seconds, sometimes two minutes, and I just pray. And I just say, okay, God, <laughs> I've kind of used all of my energy today at work. I, I have hardly any left. I'm hungry. And now I've got, you know, my wife and I have one daughter at home now. The other two are in college. I've got them at home, and I don't want them to just get my leftovers. And so, God, would you fill me with your power and grace so I can be present, and so that my words and my actions bring life, not death. And that has helped me so much, because then I walk in with hopefully a fresh infilling of God's power and His Spirit. Amen, everyone? Amen. Okay, <laughs> now, now James is going to talk about how, our, how we are hypocrites with our words, Okay. <laughs> And so take a look at this next verse, James 3, 9. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with our tongue, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. This is awesome. And so, so here, let me, I'll illustrate this, okay? So he says, we, we praise God one moment, and the next minute, we curse people. So it's like we're driving in our car and we're singing a song. We're like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And then somebody cuts us off. We're like, you idiot! <laughs> Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. <laughs> he says, one moment we're praising God, the next minute we're cursing people. Look at the next verse. He says this up on the screen. Next verse. He says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Read this out loud. My brothers and sisters at New Hope Community, this should not be. He's like, we got to manage our mouths, you guys. So, so now, okay, so what have we learned? We got to pause because our words steer the direction of our lives and others. We need to pause because our words are powerful. Just a few words can burn down a relationship. And then we need to pray because our tongues are untamable. Now, James is going to get into the biggest way you can change your words. The number one way you can change your mouth is by doing this. Now, hang with me in this next verse because I'll unpack it, okay? He says, all right, and kind of picture this in your mind. Can, 
both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring. So look up here. If I have a spring, can both fresh water and salt water come out of the same spring? The answer is not normally. Typically, fresh water comes out of a spring and salt water, normally. He says, my brothers, can a fig tree bear olives? In other words, can an avocado tree also bear lemons? Not normally, not normally. Can a grapevine bear figs? And the audience is going, no. Well, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So you're going, well, what's he saying here? And I'll, I'll just kind of summarize it. He's saying if you want to change the words in your mouth, you have to change what's in your heart. Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, my words, your words ultimately come from our heart. Sometimes they come from our flesh, but our words come from our heart ultimately. So then if we want to manage our mouths, here it is, here it is. We got to change what's in our heart. So I'm going to show you um, how, like, like your heart is a tattletale. If you want to know what's going on in your heart, just listen to the words that come out of your mouth. If you're ever wondering, I wonder what's going on in my heart. Just, just evaluate the words that come out of your mouth. So take a look up on the screen here real quick. You may want to take a picture of this with your phone. But go ahead and go to the next slide. Oh, sorry. We'll come back to that. Go to the next slide. Here we go. So what's in your heart? Um, here's some examples. If you have a peaceful heart, you'll have some gentle words that come out of your mouth. If you have a happy heart, you often have encouraging words and joyful words come out of your mouth. Uh, if you have angry words, this one's huge. Angry words are usually hurt, frustration, or fear. Hurt, frustration, or fear. If you have boastful words, <laughs> you know, kind of brag, it's usually because you got some insecurities in your heart. You come across boastful, but it's because you got insecurities underneath that. Um, blaming words, bitter heart, judgmental words, guilty heart. Here's my point. What comes out of your mouth determines the condition of your heart. And so that's why, here's the third step. We got to pause, we got to pray, and then we need to ponder. Let's go back to that previous slide. We need to ponder. We need to say, God, what's going on in my heart? God, what, what, what's happening? Why did I say those kind of boastful words? Well, because you're insecure, Dave. You have some insecurities in your heart right now. Well, God, why did I say those angry words? Well, because you're, you're, ang you're, you're irritated and you're actually stressed. I'll give you an example. My wife, uh, years ago, this happened probably uh, 19 or 18 years ago. I have a home office where I write my messages and I was, I was working on my message. My wife walked in and I was working on the message and I can't remember what I said, but I just know I got really irritated at her. And I was just like, oh, so mad at her. And then my wife looks at me and she goes, what's wrong, honey? <laughs> and I'm thinking, what's wrong? In my mind, I'm thinking, you're what's wrong. That's what's wrong, you. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait, I got to ponder. Oh, what's going on? So I threw up this prayer. I said, God, what's going on in my heart right now? Like, why, why did I just, why am I so irritated right now? And I just started thinking in God's presence. And you know why I was kind of irritated with my wife? Because I was getting ready to speak at a church. And this is when I was a brand new pastor. And it was a church with like 12,000 people. And I was freaking out. I didn't want to speak there. 
I didn't have my message done. I was afraid I was gonna fail. I had a huge fear of public speaking back then, huge. And I was freaking out. And so God said, you know why those words just came out? Because you're, you're afraid, you're frustrated, and you're very insecure. I was like, oh. I look at my wife, I was like, I am so sorry, babe. You're an innocent bystander. I just took out my stress and my frustration on you. And I looked at her and I just said, I am so sorry, will you forgive me? And she said, yeah, you know why? Because God makes me. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, touche. She goes, no, I forgive you, but you need to watch it, Dave. <laughs> I was like, man, she's so right. And so the next time different words are coming out of your mouth, just ponder. Just say, Lord, why is this happening? Because see, if you really want to change your words, you got to go to the one who can change your heart. Listen to this. If you don't get anything else I say today, please, please, please catch this. The number one way to manage your mouth is to have a close relationship with Jesus. It's where you do life with him throughout the day. It's where you pray throughout the day. It's where you call on him. When you're in his word, where he's cleansing your heart. When you pray like David, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. My flesh is creeping up, God. And so, stay close to Jesus like you're doing today. Look at this. You came to church on Super Bowl Sunday. You guys are hardcore warriors for Christ. Good job. You came before work today or you just power work you're here. You're going to go flight attendant. Like, God bless you. You know what? You're going to be filled with God's spirit when you go to work today. It's like awesome. And so, like, great job, you guys. If you didn't already draw close to Christ, you wouldn't even be here. So just keep doing what you're doing. Amen, everybody? Yeah. All right. If you would bow your heads with me, I'll lead us in quick prayer. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much for uh, your desire to help us manage our words. And, Lord, I just pray that right now you just create in us a clean heart, oh, God, and renew a right spirit in us. Because, Father, it's ultimately where our words come from is, is our heart. So, Jesus, just give us heart transplants. I pray, God, for those that maybe we've, we've spoken some toxic words to, that we would have humble hearts and go seek forgiveness from them. Not defending ourselves, but just saying, I'm sorry for the, the words that came out of my mouth. Please forgive me. Others of us here, Lord, we've been the recipients of hurtful words, and I just pray that you'd bring healing to our hearts. And God, we just pray you just mend our hearts and help us to not build up these walls so high that we don't let anybody in. So Lord, next time we're getting upset, help us to pause, to think before we speak, help us to pray, and help us to ponder so we can manage our mouths. Lastly, I just want to say this, uh, Jesus, thank you for this church. Thank you that your hand is mightily on it. Thank you for Pastor John and Renee, the leaders, the volunteers. This is an awesome church. And so continue to bless it. Thank you, God, for the four-year anniversary. I know, Lord, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.